everyone. Welcome to the Just Go Bike podcast. Here, we talk about bicycles just for the fun of it. My name is Brian Powers, and when I'm not behind the camera taking photos for the Des Moines Register, I'm probably on my bike riding somewhere around the Des Moines metro here in Iowa. Really excited because back in May, I caught up with renowned ultra cyclist and race director Sarah Cooper. We talked about how the pandemic has affected her both as a bike racer and as a race director. We also got into how to stay motivated to ride with so many events being canceled. I guess we didn't realize that uh, when we crossed past at Serum, it'd be one of the last uh, bike races on the calendar for a while. Um, but what, uh, so what, have you still been training? Have you still been riding? Have you been staying active outside of, you know, everything else, first responder stuff and horses? And Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I raced once seriously this year. I went to 24 Hours of Sebring and um, had hoped to have a really really good event. I went into it with just stellar fitness um, and had high expectations and the whole thing just ended up being just crazy mess um, with travel and weather and I was up for over 24 hours before a 24-hour event and it was just kind of a nightmare and so my, my performance ended up being a disappointment and then um, I really didn't have a whole lot planned for the rest of this year, but I had hoped to do a self-supported 500 mile event at the end of March. And so um, in between that, I had Serum where I saw you and then a 400 mile training weekend in California. And both of those, I just, I don't know. I was just like, oh, I think I'm just gonna go have fun and enjoy the day. And and so I rode with friends and chitty chatted and just had a fantastic time at both of those events. And I'm really glad that I did because everything since then has canceled. And <laughs> it's like, I, I'm still training and I'm still fit. Um, I just, I don't have a lot of direction for that right now. And like most people, I'm just waiting to see what what opens up. So what are you doing um, as far as like taking a lot of that fitness that you had gained and using it in different places? I mean, how are you staying motivated to ride, to do things? Um, trying to look at going forward from here, you know, and not necessarily focusing on the pandemic, but you know, what's riding like going forward and how staying motivated to ride through this. And Well, I ride mostly just because I enjoy it. The competition is, is kind of a perk for me. I'll ride regardless if I don't have an event. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter so much. I'll still ride. Um, so that, that hasn't been difficult, but some of the higher end fitness stuff that, that you, um, really, really have to work for and those gains that don't come easy, that stuff to me, it's really hard to motivate myself to do without an event, you know, to be in my basement crushing myself on intervals when I don't know what that's for has been difficult. And so (laughs) I've probably been doing a little less of that than I should, um, it, you know, once I kind of know when I need to be <laughs> in really good shape, um, that stuff will start to happen, I think. But right now it's just, um, riding, um, staying reasonably fit, enjoying, um, I've been riding on some of my old favorite routes that I hadn't ridden a whole bunch. It seems like the last several years, whenever I would go ride or do a long ride, I would have a a route that I needed to check for an event that I'm putting on. And so um, it it almost became a bit of an obligation to get out there and do that. And so I've been enjoying just riding 
routes that I don't ride on a regular basis and seeing different things and and so it's it's been more fun even though I'm still I've still got an eye on my fitness and performance goals and um, you know looking to the future to when there is an event that I, I can peak for. Yeah, I think that's one of the beauties ever since I did end up getting and doing more gravel stuff um, you know you're out there by yourself a lot of the times you know even if you're riding with one other person normally now you're just going out by yourself and that sense of exploration I think is just it's fascinating. And that's what keeps me trying to get back out there and see new roads, see new places, see new things. Yeah, for sure. Um, and fortunately for me, I ride alone a lot of the time anyway. And so, um, you know, if I'm lucky, I get a group ride once, once a week. And so all of that going away hasn't affected me too badly. I mean, I miss it like everyone else, but you know, I'm used to, I'm used to riding alone and, and doing that. So it's, it's not a huge change for me. So what's going on with, with your events? I know Wind and Rock was supposed to be a couple weekends ago, and it looks like you've just you've added it on to, is it Spotted Horse, right? Yeah, unfortunately, there was just no way that was happening in April, and I did not want to cancel that, nor did I want to reschedule that on top of somebody else's event. So to me, the most logical solution was to schedule it on top of my own event. <laughs> and so uh, I talked to the folks at, Madison County Winery about how we can accommodate a greater number of people and they have been more than willing to work with me regarding this and so we've basically doubled our event size for this year and um, uh, yeah so now it's on top of Spotted Horse and uh, I just added it as a 340 mile category to the event so now we have 150 miles 200 miles and 340 and then Wind and Rock will start Friday night, and then Spotted Horse will start in the morning, and so hopefully we'll have finishers all coming in within the same period of time. So it'll be fun. It'll be a little different. Um, we can't do some of the some of the unique aspects of Wind and Rock. Normally that is a cue sheet only event, and there's there's just no way I can make that happen in in the current context and so people are going to have a gpx file which i don't think anyone's really complaining about that um and when you release a gpx file the route is known and so you know people will know where they're going um so the element of surprise is not not quite the same so that definitely takes takes the challenge down a notch it's still a ridiculously hard course so i think people are going to enjoy it um and and enjoy the beating <laughs> but it won't quite be the same well sure i mean a 304 mile gravel race is still going to be still going to be a challenge but when you're talking about trying to to read a to read a cue sheet at three o'clock in the morning and you're 250 miles into a race that's that's a whole nother level of challenge that's more than just turning the pedals over yeah for sure and just just the level of attention you know you have to look at the street signs you have to read the cue sheets you have to pay attention <laughs> you can't just follow the line and listen for beeps and stuff and so it's a little disappointing to not be able to do that but um yeah that would just uh add an entire level of stress to pulling this off in the fall that yeah i just i don't think i can do and so we're going to go forward this way and then next april uh when we have the event in april it'll go back to the original uh, self-supported, Q-sheet navigated, lovely April weather. Although this year, you know, it was weird. We had that blizzard two days before the event. And then uh, 
and then race day was perfect again. What would have been race day was a perfect, perfect Beautiful. day. Yeah, and, and the gravel was a mess Friday. Oh, my God. I went out, and I was like, yeah, this is not good for your yeah. bike. And uh, by Saturday, it was so windy and so sunny, it dried right out. So it would have been, it would have been epic, but, you know, we'll see what the fall brings. <laughs> so how was the response from everybody? I mean, when you, had to, when you had to make those changes from the racers who had been preparing for it was, it, was everyone pretty, I mean, I guess at this point, everyone most must have expected it. But Yeah, no, we didn't really have any problem with our, from our uh, participants. Everyone knew it was coming. People were more than accommodating at the time if we had tried to get, get things going, at least initially. And then, you know, as, cause we, we rescheduled late March is when we decided like, right when this all came to a head. And so initially people were contemplating, okay, how can we do this differently to make it happen? And, and got a lot of helpful suggestions. But then as time went on, it became apparent that this was just wasn't going to be a priority or safe to do. And so once we were rescheduled, I think everybody was on board with that. We didn't really get any complaints about about having to reschedule i think people were just glad that they're they're going to have a chance yet this year to do it and as i mean as somebody who both schedules and directs events but also rides in them how how do you adapt a training schedule from when you were expecting to race if somebody was expecting to race 340 miles in april and now they have to shift to october how does that affect the training schedule and how do you adapt to that? You know, with it being that far apart, it really, I don't think it really is that hard to switch focus. You just basically look at, you know, when, when you need to start getting in that endurance training in and, and start then. And, you know, for late October, you know, that could be midsummer, which would be, you know, a much better time to ride, frankly, than trying to peak in April. <laughs> Um, but for me personally, I, you know, it's been super easy to switch gears, uh, you know, priorities are different. I've got more important things to do. Um, you know, there's a pandemic and so, you know, to not have any races on my plate right now is totally fine with me. And I think a lot of people are in the same boat. They just have other priorities, more important things to do. And as much as we all love bike racing and bike riding, you know, it, there's just other things we need to be doing. And so I'm hoping by, you know, things feel better now than they did definitely even four weeks ago. And so I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, long rides and, and just fun on a bike will feel like a more appropriate thing for me to be doing <laughs> this summer than it, than it does right now. I mean, how do you think this is going to impact cycling, you know, as we start, well, as Iowa starts to come out of this um, and, you know, the rest of the world seems to be slowly trying to come back um, and get out and loosen up restrictions. Um, where do you see it going as far as the world of cycling is concerned? I don't have much of a grasp on a timeline. And, and frankly, the timeline is a frustration for me just because I have an event coming up in July that I, I direct as well. And so we just had a meeting this morning, me and my two business partners, about how, how we're going to structure that event if we're allowed to go forward what that's going to look like. And I think, you know, for this year, for sure, things are going to look a little different in terms of, you know, how, how do you park people? How do you start people? And, you know, what does your finish line look like if you can't have groups of people hanging around? And 
um, I'm hoping by by this fall that that we can interact on a more normal level, just just for an enjoyment perspective. I mean, if you just go and ride your bike and go home, um, that's that's less social for sure. And the social aspect yeah. is a big part of why we do these things. And so, you know, how, how do you do that for an event that's happening this summer? That's that's been a, a difficult problem. <laughs> I don't know what that's going to look like yet. Have you come up with any other different events? I thought I saw something about a, a individual time trial on one of the routes. Yeah, for Iowa Wind and Rock, um, since we did have to change the date, we um, are offering an individual time trial on the original 2019 route. And that fell into place because I'd been looking for something to do with that route um, anyway, just because it's such a stellar route. And it's, it's a sentimental route for me as well. It's a combination of a bunch of my personal training routes from when I was training for Race Across America and Race Across the West. And so <laughs> to string all of those together, and then there was a 50-mile section that Steve put together up in Guthrie County that was just so beautiful. It ended up being a total ass-kicker. It's a great, great route. And so I had been planning on listing that on bikepacking.com as a bikepacking route. And um, so I'm in the process of doing that. And then we'll also offer just to keep track of the individual time trial times and have a fastest no time and all that. And we're trying to come up with a patch design for people that finish just as something fun to to give people for doing that. So it's fun. And it was it was going to happen anyway, uh, eventually. And this was just a a good uh, a good nudge to get it going. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. I, I, I think that's what it psychs me the most out of this is, you know, things like that. And then the folks over at Phoenix Syndicate Cycling have been doing their segments and doing individual time trials on shorter segments, uh, not 340 mile epic, epic adventures, but um, just as a way to, to get out there and still compete a little bit from a safe distance, obviously, but still kind of fight against the time i think it's it's been really cool to see some of those innovations happen so we're still able to get out and ride and compete against each other and have fun at the same time yeah there's still there's so much you can do and and so many different routes to ride and i really like the idea of of the the segments and for me it's just it's difficult to get down there and and actually get it done but i think it's a great idea and i I know people are having fun with that It, it would be nice if we could just a date on the calendar and say well this is when it's going to go back to normal or this is when it's going to be okay and we just don't know yet um and so yeah it's really hard for people who who rely on the events for their motivation and then then that's suddenly gone um what this time is has given us though is time to just ride our bikes and enjoy and it's actually been pretty nice riding weather compared to last year. I don't know, last year my bike was a lot muddier than it is now, and so <laughs> it must be at least a little bit nicer. Um, but just to, to take the time and just go ride and enjoy the day and not, not have that pressure of worrying about, you know, being at your absolute best fitness or, you know, beating the clock all the time. For me, it's nice. I'm, I'm just enjoying it. Eventually, though, you know, that, that racing bug, will come back and, and I'll be getting impatient about it. Right now I'm just happy to be enjoying life and and not have my hobby be a stressor on top of everything else I'm trying to get done. So. 
And so what's still on your calendar? Um, what's still on your racing calendar? Is there anything left? Uh, just gravel worlds. Um, I had, I had a whole bunch of stuff. I was supposed to be in Maryland for the national endurance challenge, the 12 hour event. Nope. Not going to that. That got canceled. Um, I was supposed to crew for Ram. I had a friend that was going to do solo Ram and that's not happening. Um, I had signed up for uh, the Epic in Missouri, which has been rescheduled for July, but um, with all of what I have going on right now, I just I wasn't sure I was going to be able to be fit enough to ride 150 miles. Um, I, I just, you know, it's been really hard to take off and ride uh, like it used to be. Um, so, yeah, I left Gravel Worlds alone. Um, I'm hoping to get to that if they can have it. Um, but after that, I just don't know. There's some smaller events. I think the grassroots events are going to are gonna probably go forward. Those that have a lot of people, those are just harder to manage um, from a start and finish perspective in terms of social distancing and, and all of that. So I'm optimistic. I mean, I'm hoping we can have our July event just because it's a smaller event and we don't have as many people to worry about. And so there's plenty of those small events that I think will go forward. And um, that's really what I'm looking at in terms of finding stuff to jump into, just pick something different that I hadn't thought about before and hopefully go race it. <laughs> when all of this came about, one of the things that, that I was concerned about was the people that we order merchandise from, you know, suddenly they have no business. So, you know, my partners and I were brainstorming about, you know, what, what can we do? You know, um, we can't really order our swag without income, can we? <laughs> and then um, we had planned on ordering buffs from uh, Tony at Bike Rags for the Iowa Gravel Classic event. And this whole thing started up with the face covering. I thought, well, why don't, why don't we just order those as we would have for the event and sell them and donate the profits to charity? Because you know, we don't want to just sell them and make money off them. That sounds kind of cheesy. So... <laughs> Um, we decided to just have a charity buff sale, and people do need uh, buffs right now to cover their face, and they're actually a great product that you can use long after this pandemic is over. And so it felt like a win-win, and, and the buff sale actually went re really well. We've raised over $1,000 for charity right now, and um, you know we closed the store, and Tony sent the leftover buffs back to me, and, and I sold 17 already today, just people uh, sending me emails, do you still have them? <laughs> so... It's it's been great and cool, and I'm glad that we we're able to do something that was good for everyone. I mean, you're working at Kyle's now, you said, right? So, are you seeing more bikes come into the shop? Yeah, they, it's been super busy, uh, and bikes are flying off the shelves, and that's great. Um, and I live off a bike trail, and so you know, there's bikes going by all the time. Yeah, I hope people stick with the bikes um, even after. They go back to soccer and dance and all of their other activities. That's the one thing I would like to see stay is that people remember how much they enjoyed riding their bikes and, and keep that a part of their lives. Yeah, I think it'd be really sad for people to, to remember what it was like, especially if they get back on and they enjoy it and they remember how fun it is to then be like, oh, nope, I can get back in my car and go to the office now. Like that would just be, I think we'd really lose um, a great opportunity. That's that's the thing that's really stuck with me through this. Even though I don't have competition, I just really enjoy riding my bike and being outside. And um, 
So that's, that's been a haven for me. I feel like I need to be outside every day and, and I hope that other people can connect with that as well and, and just get out and, and enjoy themselves in their free time. I love the idea of just looking into yourself and finding motivation inside to get out and do things and have fun for your own reasons and not necessarily being externally motivated. And I think that's something a lot of people, especially cyclists who are goal-driven, um, sometimes lose sight of. And I think this is a really good opportunity to look and remember why you like riding your bike, why you like getting it out, outside and going on those adventures. Um, you know, what else should people be taking out of this? Anything else? Anything I think for me, it's, it's been, um, it's just, it's been a more of a chance to be on my bike and just be introspective and think about things, um, and turn things over in my head. And I've, I've discovered that, um, I have some of my best ideas when I'm in motion and whether that's been biking or hiking, that, um, was an important thing for me to realize. And, and so I think, you know, as you have this additional time to just ride, figure out what it is that it does for you and, and why it's important to you in your life. Because everyone's different. I think everyone takes a slightly different different piece of, of life away from it. And so, you know, just, just be thoughtful about what you're doing and what you enjoy. And, um, you know, it, it'll, it'll help this become a long-lasting hobby and not just something to get you through the next bike race. Where can people find more information um, either about you or about Spotted Horse and all the events that are going to be taking place now in October? Well, I have three different websites, one for each event. Uh, the event in July is iowagravelglassic.com. Um, Spotted Horse is spottedhorsecycling.com. And uh, Iowa Wind and Rock is iowawindandrock.com. And all information for each event, their new, uh, the re rescheduled Wind and Rock date, um, that's all on each website. Um, and we are also on Instagram under the event names and uh, Facebook. So you can find us just about everywhere except Twitter. <laughs> this is absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. It was good to talk to you again. Well, thank you again to Sarah Cooper for coming on the show, and thanks to you all for tuning in this week. If you liked what you heard, ratings and reviews on your favorite podcast catcher of choice are always appreciated and do help others find the show. You can check out more about what we do here at Just Go Bike over on our website at justgobike.net. To be featured on a future Parrot Talk episode, you can send in any questions, biking or otherwise, that you might have to justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steele.